you know, you know I've got to tell you, for, for, for a guy like me in, in, in the circumstances that we're in this morning, this, it doesn't get any better than this morning. You know, I, I stand up here week after week after week um, hoping and praying that God would touch your life. That God, through me, through the work of this church, through the people who uh, serve here uh, in, in volunteer capacities, that week after week are, are demonstrating that a, a life of faith with God is, is, is an amazing life. And it's a tremendous life. That it's a life of fullness. And we take very seriously the words of Jesus. That what Jesus says that if you follow me, if you're obedient to me, that I will give you fullness of life. Something that we are really excited about. And this morning we get, we get a chance to witness that. We get a chance to see how, how people's lives have been changed. How people's lives have been transformed. That people are going to... They're all nervous, by the way. Okay? They're all nervous. And they're going to stand up here or, or stand before this tank, uh, a, a few of them, and talk about the change that's happened in their life because of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read a passage to you like, just for a few minutes here, just to get our minds around this whole thing of baptism. And a little later, we're going to have a dedication service, a parental dedication service. But listen to the words of Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on the character of Christ like putting on new clothes. Now, I love that passage because, because there's a couple of very significant truths that come out of that passage. That when you're a newborn baby, you're going to cry. Okay? That's, that's, a, that's a truth, okay? We know that. That's not a problem at all, right? Okay? But out of, out of this passage, there are two things that, that we want to talk about in terms of baptism. Um, for many, baptism is a bit of a mystery. It, it's one of these things that we see witnessed in the church and we wonder, why do we do it? Why is it such an important thing? But there was two things that Jesus specifically told us to do. When we come to faith in him is to be baptized and to celebrate the Lord's Supper, okay? And today we're, we're, we're celebrating baptism. But the very first thing that comes out of this passage, it says to put on the character of Christ, which tells us that they have a new identity, that the people who are standing up here and are going to be baptized today are identifying themselves as believers in Jesus Christ. They're identifying themselves as Christians. Now, I've got to tell you, that is a big deal. That may not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal that their identity is now in Christ. That their identity now is framed by the character and the person of Jesus Christ. That they're identifying with him. And the reason why we do this kind of ceremony is that they're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That as they go in the water, they're recognizing that they have died to themselves that they're going to be buried with Christ, and then when we raise them up in the water, from the water, that they come to new life, that it represents the new life that Christ has done inside of them. And here's the other thing. I want you, when they come up out of the water, I want you to give it up for them, okay? I really want, like, can we practice? No, hey, we've got to, <laughs> we're going to practice. Okay, they're coming out of the water, what are we going to do? Yeah! All right. <laughs> 
I had, a, I had a replacement crowd to come in if you didn't do a good job. Okay? And you've done wonderful. You've done wonderful. But this is a, this, this is a, a, a wonderful representation of what Christ has done inside of them. That they're willingly coming to, to proclaim their faith in Christ and to say that something dramatic has happened inside of me. That... I'm a changed person. I'm a transformed person. The Bible even talks about a new creation. Now, that's, that's a, a, a big thing that only God can do. We love to think that we can self-reform ourselves, but only God, through the Spirit of God, can transform us into a brand new creation. It's a great thing to celebrate this morning. Secondly, I want, I want, I want us to recognize you're not only identify have a new identity in Christ, but now you have a new direction, a brand new direction. I was reading a research study. I just thought it was really neat this week that uh, researchers in Germany, now I don't know how they ever get money to do this kind of research, okay? But, you know, it's one of those research where scientists got together and and said, we're going to blindfold people and we want to see if they can walk straight. And they got research money to do this, okay? And they found out that it's absolutely impossible for a human being who is blindfolded to walk straight in a straight line. Okay? You think you're walking straight, but you're going to walk very crooked. And I thought that was... For one, I wondered, how do you ever get the money to do a research study like that? Okay? (laughs) Secondly, I thought it was a great metaphor for life that when we talk about coming to faith in Christ and we talk about what Jesus promises for a new life, that God would give us a life of fulfillment, that God would give us a path to walk, that the thing the researchers found out is that the only way you can walk a straight line is that if you can focus on something, even if it's mental, in the distance, and, and, and be able to, to aim yourself at that target and walk towards that, that's the only way you can do a straight line as a human being. And I thought that was really interesting about life because that's what Jesus talks about. That if you follow me, I will put you on the path of straightness. I will put you on a path that will lead to life fulfilled, to life of wholeness, to life that is brand new, to life that is significant, to life that is is something that you can't imagine until you've made that profession of faith. Now, I... uh, I could go on and on about this because I'm really excited today. I, in fact, I'm speechless today. And if anybody has been here normally, you know I'm not normally speechless. So, but what I really want this morning is for you to hear the, the testimonies of the individuals who are coming up here this morning. We're going we're gonna to bring the video up and be able to, so everyone can see as everyone comes up to read their, their testimonies and we're going to have an exciting time. And I hope you hear the difference that God has made in these people's lives. That God has rewritten the story of their life. That Jesus is in the business of rewriting the story of your life to something beautiful, to something glorious, to something amazing. So as we begin the service, I, I, again, I want to ask you to be, to be very... Um, attentive to what you're going to hear today because, as I said, it's something that I celebrate tremendously because it's 
it's a testimony to God working in the midst of this, of this church and in this congregation. And afterwards, we're going to, after we do the, the baptismal service, we have a, a parental baby dedication service that many of you are here for. We're going to celebrate that right afterwards as well. Um, and one thing I want to remind you, at the very back of the table, on, on those two tables at the back, we have um, certificates back there. I mean, we have a kind of a card, a sheet that we would love for you to sign and to just say to every, to all the people that were celebrated today, you know, we're with you, we're, we're beside you in this, and, and we just want to serve that as a memento of what this day means for them. All right? Um, are you ready? We're ready. Okay. Amen. Okay. I am, I am going to call up the very first person, Ashley Zietzma. Ashley, come on up. Yeah, Ashley. I, I get hugs from Ashley because Ashley's my niece. All right? So this is a very special occasion. But her mom, Shelly, Shelly, would you come on up? You're going to read her testimony this morning, aren't you? Let me get the mic for you. You want to leave it there? Yeah. Go ahead. Ashley doesn't have the gift of gab like I do. (laughs) I grew up going to church like most kids, always knowing that Jesus loved me and I had accepted him into my heart, but never truly understanding what that meant. I was fortunate to grow up having a strong influence of Christianity in my life where I could follow the example of my grandparents, aunts, and mom. But it wasn't until I grew older that I really started to see firsthand how the Lord worked in our family and started to gain a better understanding of what it meant to have faith. We had many tough times as a family, but just when I thought, this is it, where do we go from here? Someone, usually my mom, would remind us to have faith, and I would be amazed to see how this simple reminder and prayer could really make an impact. I really don't know where we would be today without faith. But despite all this, I never really made God or church a priority for me. I stopped going to church and got more involved in the other parts of my life. When I married my husband, Chris, three years ago, it was amazing to see how religion was so important to him and his family. He and his family have had a big influence in renewing my faith and making me want to put God first. They made me want to experience the personal relationship with Jesus that they shared. As a result, I started to change my life and my way of thinking. I was laying in bed one night and thought, if I were to die right now and meet the Lord, would I be proud of who I am when I'm standing in front of him? And honestly, I couldn't answer that question with confidence. Although I would say that I am a Christian, I haven't really been living it and haven't been making Jesus a priority. Since then, I have had a strong desire to read his word and have a personal relationship with God. It's been awesome to be able to strive for this together with my husband through this journey. The birth of our son, Liam, has also encouraged me in this. I hope that we will be a solid example to him as a family, as my family was to me, and raise him to also walk in faith. Today, I want to be baptized as part of my commitment to put Jesus first, not just say I'm a Christian, but truly live in faith. 
man. Ashley, you want to get in? Oh, right in the middle. Yeah. Go ahead. Wow, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, is it cold? Yes. Yes, it is. It's cold. Okay. Yeah. They wanted to put goldfish in it, but we stopped them. Okay. All right. Ashley Zietzma, have you proclaimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Okay, then on profession of your faith and before your friends and family here at Village Green Community Church, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on over here. I'm going to take you out front here, and I want you to grab this microphone here. I'm going to be. I know you're going to be nervous, but we're right, right here beside you, and everybody's on. We're all, we're all on Holly's side, right? Amen. Amen. My first experience with church was when I was little. I remember going to the church with my grandma. That was till I was about five. If you were to ask me what I remember about church, I would tell you palm leaves on Palm Sunday, juice cups, some Noah's Ark song, and getting a book out of the church library every Sunday. Not things about God and Jesus. It wasn't until I was about a teenager that religion made appearances in my life again. When I was 12, I had a big sister of London named Carol. She was very involved in her church. I can remember going with her to help with lunches and stuff like that. When I was 16, I worked in the church kitchen making jams and jellies. And when I was 18, my, I guess you could call him stepdad, passed away. At his funeral, I read Psalm 23. It wasn't long after I had turned 14 that I was in my first year of high school that I became this person that I now know God didn't make me to be. I was consumed with suicidal thoughts, tried taking my own life, and was self-harming. I was in and out of hospital on and off medication, and just miserable. My thoughts of God at that time were honestly that if there was a God, he made a mistake by putting me here, or that he was punishing me for something. For almost two years, 16 to 18, I didn't feel the way I had started to feel at 14. I dropped out of school, was working, going to concerts, parties, collecting comics, and starting to get the tattoos that I wanted. Yet right after I turned 18, I was in hospital again with the same behavior from when I was 14, and I had another breakdown when I was 20. Then religion made another appearance in my life when I was 21 with Tim, the guy I was dating. We had talked about just taking off and getting married. Then a day or so after, Tim was at his parents' house, and what him and I had spoke about slipped out. His mom told him that she loved me, but she didn't want him to marry me because I wasn't Christian. Within the last eight, nine years of my life, I doubted God just as much as I wanted to believe in him. Seeing all the suffering in the world and going through what I was going through made me think, if there is a God, he's not a very good one. 
but still I wanted to believe in God and that he was good. I think it's amazing how all those years God was just standing there waving me over to waving me to come over and Jesus was beside ready to carry me. I believe that was God's way of letting me know that he was there all along through encounters with religion, but I didn't acknowledge them. I believe it's not till we hit rock bottom that we look up. Around the end of September this year I reached that point. I sat on suicidal thoughts for 38 hours, counted out my pills, and thought about what I wanted to be buried in. All the attempts and thoughts in the years before didn't compare to this, but I called the mental health crisis service number about four times within 24 hours. They finally sent out some people to talk to me, and we decided it best I go to hospital. I spent two nights and one whole day in emergency in a small room with nothing more than a bed until I got upstairs. It was on September 27th that I got upstairs, and I met Mary Lynn, my roommate. It didn't take me long to warm up to her, so we would sit and talk. She told me why she was in the hospital and shared her belief of the Christian faith with me. A few days later, Mary Lynn's friend, Diane, came up to visit her. What I will always remember about that day is that that Diane prayed for me, only knowing me for no more than two hours at the most. I'm pretty sure it was after that prayer, Mary Lynn and Diane looking over at me, seeing the tears in my eyes, that I finally heard Jesus knocking at my heart. Then the question started. I'm sure I drove Mary Lynn nuts, but I think a question of mine that was a favorite to her was when I asked, what kind of Bible do I need to buy? She sent out texts to her friends to see if anyone had one that I could have. The texts were answered. I received many books, even a children's Bible and the message. But Diane was the one who actually got me the Bible that I use now. It was on October 3rd. I came back from going to the dollar store with my sister. Diane was just leaving as I came back. I had no idea within minutes what I was going to be getting. Mary Lynn called me over to her bed and lifts up this bag from chapters and tells me that it is a gift from her and Diane. In the bag was a Bible, a book by Joyce Myers, and a book called Hungry for God. Diane had put a note in the front of the Bible that if I didn't know where to start, to start in the New Testament with the book of John. I did so that very night. The days that followed, I had a very bad case of... Biblical verbal diarrhea, as Mary Lynn put it. (laughs) The three weeks that followed were filled with questions, excitement, Bible studies with her and Diane, and meeting so many wonderful people through Mary Lynn. On the 24th, I couldn't take being in hospital any longer and not understanding what was wrong with me. I just wanted to give up. They moved me from the room I shared with Mary Lynn to a different ward. That night was probably the only night I didn't read from the Bible, but I slept with it beside me. The next day I was going home. I didn't care what the doctor had to say, so I left. No doctor or medication. Two days later I came to Village Green. After all, Diane only spoke good things about the church and said that I would really like it. I met Matt and John, shared some of my story, and got some information on the church and made up my mind before I went out the door to go home that I would be back on Sunday for sure. I now remember at Les's funeral, at the gravesite, I asked the minister, what does the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want mean? His answer was, the Lord gives us all we need. Even now, with only reading the word of God and going to church for the last month and a half, a lot of things I didn't see before I am seeing now. I have seen the power of prayer, and I have had prayers answered. Not long ago, I wanted the self-harm. I cried with my Bible in my lap and prayed to have the strength to make it through. Minutes passed, and then all of a sudden, the tears stopped, and I felt calm, a feeling of sedation. Diane and I even prayed about dinosaurs. I wanted to know what they had to do with God. 
I may not have gotten a full answer, but somewhat of an answer crossed Diane's path, and she was able to share it with me. I have even had literature placed in front of me that without Jesus, I would not have gave a second look. The two things I am so grateful for that I got out of being in the hospital are new friendships and and a relationship with Jesus. I now know that God has had a plan for me all along. The bed that was in the room with Mary Lynn was to be closed. No one was to have that bed. But I got that bed, and most importantly, with that bed, I was given the gift of the Word of God. Every day that I get through now is because of Jesus, because I believe. I know that through Christ I can do all things, for he gives me strength. I never thought that I would be here in a church. I never thought that I would be a believer. I never thought I would be happy, be loved, forgiven, and accepted from one being. It is true. The Lord does give us all we need. I now think of the guy from Newsboys. In his testimony, he spoke about our final enemy death. He said that on that day, he wants more than anything for Jesus to have his back when that final enemy comes. I think about how Jesus has defeated death and how through him I have been given the strength to defeat my thoughts of it being my only answer. When, with the answered prayers, with that and answered prayers, I am seeing how active in my life Christ is and I want to be obedient to him. All that he is doing for me makes it easy for me to acknowledge him and want to serve him to the best of my ability. Holly, that was an amazing testimony. It's a real privilege to be a part of this and to just celebrate your new life in Christ because you have demonstrated that you believe in the Father who loves you, Jesus who saved you, and the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. So, Holly, have you proclaimed faith in Jesus Christ? Yes, you have. Then, on profession of your faith, and in obedience to him and before your friends and family here at Village Green Community Church. And I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, Jessica Brown, come on up. You're the third contestant. No. Um, now, Jeff, you're, you have the privilege with this. Okay, you're the privilege here. Good morning. My name is Jessica. I am 15 years old, and I have lived in London for the past year and a half. I'm raised in a Christian home. When I was very young, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I was saved. I'm fortunate to have always attended Christian school. Starting in grade two, I started to get picked on, and that quickly grew into bullying. I was made fun of because of how I looked, and I had curly hair. Soon the abuse became physical. My parents did all they could with the principal to stop the bullying. Because I didn't like the attention on myself, I told my parents I was fine and that the bullying had ended. By grade five, I couldn't contain my pain any longer, and I told my, par- and I told my parents, and my parents withdrew me from that school. Since then, I've been homeschooled. That was when God's healing and peace really entered my life. A little over a year ago, my family moved to London. Shortly after we moved, we experienced a personal tragedy in my family. 
and just dug up all the feelings of being bullied again. I remember crying out to God to change the situation, but nothing happened. Instead, it seemed to have gotten worse. I pretty much gave God up then because I was just so angry and hurt. I remember hearing my mom singing to Christian songs, and the anger deepened. I felt like God deserted me. My family was still church hopping at that time. At one church service, I sat in the pews, feeling very depressed. The service that night was about turning to God once your heart had been broken. I suddenly remembered that months earlier, I had heard a sermon at a Christian concert about one of the apostles. When the apostles were on their boat, they saw Jesus walking on the water towards them. The apostle Peter stepped out of the boat to meet and follow Jesus. The winds and the waves began beating against him violently. He became terrified and began to sink. He cried out to Jesus to save him. Jesus then reached down and pulled him up. God really touched my heart that night, and I realized how much I need him. I prayed that he would forgive me and he would heal my heart. As we drove home that night for the first time in so long, I felt peace. I slowly began to turn back to God. I started listening to Christian music again and reading the Bible. The music lyrics became so much deeper, and the Bible seemed to have come alive. One song that really stuck out to me was Everything I Need by Cutlass. Troubles will always be there, but my Lord and my Savior is all I need in good or bad times. I am reminded of a verse in Psalm 27, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in a song. The reasons for my desire to be baptized is because I want to take the next step in my Christian life. I want to openly commit myself to God and walk in his ways. And it is true, God is all I need. Thank you for listening to my testimony. All right. Yeah, thank you. Jess. Do you profess your faith in Jesus, your Lord and Savior, who has saved you? Yes. Woo! Uh, then in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you in front of your friends and family here at Village Green. Listen, I, I had something happen in another church, and I'm not going to let it go. Does anybody else want to be baptized? I'm serious. Everybody okay? All right. You're sure? Like if something was to happen. All right? Okay. We're good to go. Okay. Weren't those powerful life stories? Isn't that amazing? You know, God is alive. God is at work. And he's making a difference. And the thing is, it's not, it's not an objective reality. God is making a difference in people's lives. And uh, that's an amazing thing to celebrate this morning. And, and 
you know, as, as, as we move into this next section and, and, and celebrate even something further, um, we have five families this morning that are going to dedicate themselves and dedicate their children. Um, again, which is really significant. And I, and I want to make a statement. Um, I was really challenged last week on a number, you know, to, to not get caught up in a lot of statistics. But I think, I think that the hardest job to do nowadays is the job of a parent. Uh, you know, I, I, I think to be a parent nowadays and to raise children in the culture and the climate that, that we're raising them in is a real challenge today. And I don't say that in a negative, I don't mean to say that in a negative or a depressing way or anything, but, but it's a reality. It's the truth of, 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 of what is happening all around us. And there's great stress on families. That is why here at Village Green, we're very serious about being a community that comes around young families and helps them and supports them and nurtures their growth. And here we're going to have five families who are going to say, we are dedicating ourselves and dedicating these children and recognizing that these children are a gift to us from God and that we are dedicating ourselves to raising these children in the faith and to be committed to doing that. And I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to come around these five families and to celebrate what they're, what they're demonstrating today. Um, I'm going to ask the five families. I'm going to actually bring you right up on stage this morning. So I'm going to ask the five families if they can come up here. I know we're going to be a little bit crowded, but if I could have you come up here. And um, we'll give you an opportunity to sort of find your place up here. And, and part of uh, part of what we're going we're to be doing today is the parents are going to be reciting a a a prayer of dedication, a vow of dedication. But when they finish that, I'm going to ask the congregation to stand as well, and I'm going to ask you to give a vow back to them and a prayer of dedication back to them. Again, that this is not a one-way uh, trade that this is a, uh, something that we take very seriously, this is something that we want to communicate, and this is something that we want to encourage, um, that we are here to support these families. I think this is a tremendous thing that they're doing today, to stand up before everyone and to say, we are committed to raising our children in the faith and to do so um, in, in, this, in this way. Um, for those of you that don't know, we have Gavin and Zoe Blair with Guinevere here, okay? We have Amberly Sherritt with Cohen and Alexa. I can't forget you, Alexa. That's a nice dress. I really like that. <laughs> she will, she's, this is my niece too, by the way. Um, so if you're wondering. Okay. It's a big day for us, okay? <laughs> Not the church too, right? Okay. Um, Ashley and Chris Zietzma and Liam. Hi. How are you? John and Amanda Houston. Okay, what are the twins' names? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Look at that. No, I didn't want to have to. I want to, I want to test everybody here and keep this keep challenge. 
I can't tell them apart. I'm Nora. sorry. Hi, Nora. How are you? Yeah. Hi. How are you? Great outfits. Jared and Amanda Curtis and Hannah. Did you want to say anything about this dress? No? Okay. All right. Okay. Because there's a great story about the dress. All right? Um, I'm going to give you all a copy as we prepare to read these vows together. And for those of you who are in the congregation, you're going to be able to see these vows up on the screen as, as the decide to read them together. Um, we're going to do our very best to follow along, okay? But the parental vows of commitment to children, um, I want to, I'll, I'll start and just follow me as, as we read together, okay? We recognize that God has given us our children and has called us to love, nurture, and discipline them in accordance with his word. We acknowledge our need to provide a secure atmosphere in which love, forgiveness, and godliness are present. We affirm our primary responsibility to teach our children the Bible by instructing them in its meaning and by demonstrating its life-changing power. Now I ask you to repeat the prayer that is next. Lord, in our parenting, help us to follow your will. Guard us against the extremes of both destructive criticism and unrealistic expectations of our children. Give us wisdom, strength, love, and godliness as we seek to lead, guide, and advise our children. Thank you. Um, I would like to now ask the congregation to stand. And you'll see on the board here we have a congregational commitment. And I would ask you to follow and read along with us as we make this commitment to these people. We acknowledge the children of the church to be an integral part of the congregation and therefore important to our congregational life. We declare our desire to be a godly community, modeling for our children what it means to know Christ personally. We affirm it to be our privilege and responsibility to care for and encourage the spiritual development of these children. I would ask you now to follow along in the prayer as well. Lord our God, we thank you for these children and for what we learn by observing and caring for them. Help us to respect their personhood and yet correct them when needed demonstrating to them your own watchful care over us all. May we model Christ for them and encourage their spiritual growth. Help them to see in our love for you and for them and for one another the marks of a true community of Christ in whose great name we pray. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you. You may be seated. I'd like to ask our elder, uh, Ernest Yanfel. Ernest, would you come up and, and give a prayer of dedication and commitment at this time for these families? Shall we pray? 
Uh, perhaps uh, maybe we should stand up and uh, <laughs> join hands or something and, and pray. Our Father, we thank you for a great morning. Thank you, O God, that we can celebrate life. We can celebrate new life and uh, both physical life as well as spiritual life this morning. We thank you for each person that was baptized today and their testimonies. Father, we pray that you protect them because of this testimony. I know that the evil one is going to begin to work. But this morning, we stand in authority of the blood of Jesus Christ and claim them again for you, O God. We pray, Father, that you put your mark on their foreheads and wherever they go, every piece of ground that they step on will be captured for Christ. And Lord, that they will be yours forever and forever until they see you in heaven. We pray, O God, that you deliver them from temptation. Father, we pray that you deliver them from the clutches of the evil one in any attempt by Satan to confuse them or to, to cause them to doubt. We reject that this morning in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that you keep them safe. Keep them safe against negative peer pressure, against negative influences. We come against any works of Satan this morning and pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they will continue to testify to your great work in their lives. May they continue to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of you, O God. And may they continue to be found with you and in you every day of their lives. We thank you for those who have dedicated themselves to raise their children in the fear of God. The parents who are standing behind me this morning and the babies that are in their hands. Father, we pray, O oh God, that you touch each one of them, each and every baby, even though they don't know what has happened today. Father, we pray that because of what has happened today, that each of these children will grow up to know you and to love you and to serve you all the days of their lives. Father, we are praying in the name of Jesus that you give wisdom and grace and strength to the parents. Give them perseverance. Father, give them grace and patience. Sustain their patience, O oh God. And Lord, provide for them abundantly that they too will be able to provide for their children. May they not lack anything. May they not lack anything. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And may you provide for them abundantly. Lord, as a church, once again, we pledge ourselves to you. Just give us all that we need as a church to continue to serve you, but also to continue to support these parents here. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, you can have a seat. Um, we are going to, uh, as, as I'm asking the, the parents again to, to sit down, we have a short video. And we're going to play this video now to, to remind you, to remind you of the families who have been dedicated today. And, and you can get a visual of them as well to be knowing to pray for them each, you know, and to be willing to support them and to keep them in your prayers. But, do you, you know, can we just give them a round and just appreciate very much? All right. Amen. Amen.
And don't, for, and don't forget to sign those cards and to show your support for them and to sub- celebrate everything that they're doing today. So if they want to go back to their seats, we're going to play this short video and, and get a visual on this family, of these families again. Thanks. Okay, the worship team is going to come and close out our service. I want to thank you for being a part of this and celebrating with all these individuals. Again, don't, don't leave without signing today or, or at least expressing uh, your joy in what's happened today and uh, thanking them for being a part of this. Okay? Thank you, everyone.